revolution from your bed welcome to season three i'm super happy to be here we took a little break but now we're back with a friend and colleague of mine lisa groom lisa is a coach and not just a regular coach she's a very special kind of coach she's dealing with growth mindset and she's doing incredible stuff in her work we work together in the Ludwig Boltzmann Institute in Vienna in Austria and now she has her own practice as a coach and today we are going to talk about the relationship between coaching chronic illness and empowerment enjoy Lisa is an old colleague of mine. As some of you know, I came to Austria to work with the Ludwig Boltzmann Society, and Lisa was my colleague, and she's all about empowering people, and she became from an educator to a career advisor, mentor, trainer, and now she's a coach, and I'm super happy to see her again and to talk to her again and specifically to understand how does somebody become from an educator to a coach and how does it help people especially how can it help patients so lisa grom thank you so much for accepting this invitation for this conversation hi roy it's so good to be on the show it's so good to be here and yeah it's amazing that we're still cooperating and do this together after all these years right likewise i'm super happy i, I recently reconnected with some of my old colleagues and And it's amazing that some people are just leaving a workplace and sometimes meet people for a beer, but there is nothing professional happening. And those connections, they are made through a joint mission, whether if it's a job, volunteering, studying, I think it can produce amazing things for the future, amazing projects and ideas because you share something. And Lisa, you changed your career basically recently. Yeah, exactly. Like one year ago. You gave up a job that is quite uh, lucrative in Austria, kind of very, like when I go to somewhere and said that I used to work for the Ludwig Boltzmann Institute, people say, wow, this is very renowned and very respected. So what, ma- what made you make this? It move? is, yeah, you're so right. Well, it's true. It was a nine to five, a, a perfectly fine 40 hours job with a nice team and uh, with a good salary, but still it was not for me forever. I just felt that in my heart and I followed my heart. That's what I did. And it sounds cheesy, but it is what it is. And when it comes to life decision, you can either follow your head, your gut or your heart. And for me, if it's not at least two of them, um, it's not the right path for me. So I knew, okay, I wanted to change something. And looking back for me, it was kind of a natural flow as well. Because, you know, I started as an educator, I went into career development, and now I'm a coach. And for me, these expertises are all linked together. And also the entrepreneurial lifestyle, it's it's what, what fits for me. So I chose my profession depending on the phase of my life. So when I started studying, for example, I knew, okay, I needed a job because I wanted to support myself. So I went out there and I got a job as a trainer. So I started to train adults. I started to train professionals first as a language trainer, then in the personal and career development. And from that, I took those experiences and skills and went on to the governmental sector and NGOs and MPOs for some years. And then I went on to work in the 
in the career center and career development area. So it was all kind of linked together. And I loved those. But I realized that the nine to five job was not a hundred percent like me. And you know what they say, that there is kind of a mindset for a nine to five job. And then there is a mindset for entrepreneurs. And I never totally like got what it should mean, but now I totally get it. And for me, I wanted more flexibility. I wanted to choose my hours. I wanted to choose my work times and my thought process were totally and goal oriented and not time oriented, for example. And I also wanted to choose who to work with. Oh, and now I have a hundred percent freedom of my schedule and of like the people like to connect with, for example, you and me, we connected over like again, over our social media content because right. we shared similar experiences and thought, Hey, we're two entrepreneurs with chronic diseases. It's like, right. we have to talk to each other. That's true. And, and we're going to talk more about the chronic illness, entrepreneurial mindset. You know, somebody asked me recently, Roy, when you do your next Ted talk, what's going to be the title? And I said, definitely the title is going to be why entrepreneurs may be our best, why chronic illness patient, chronic patient may be our best entrepreneurs, because I think that chronic illness gives you a set of tools to deal with entrepreneurship that no other training can. I want to emphasize two things that you said, because it's, it's quite amazing to me that first of all, you had this three layer guide that you have to follow. And, and can you repeat it? Like, how did you make a decision? How do you yeah, make a decision sure. like this? So when you are like, imagine you are like on a path and you are at the crossroad and you have like three streets and you don't know where to go or two or sometimes five and you don't know what to choose. Then one, one system we also use in coaching is listen to your, your head, like what is your brain, your, your rational side telling you, but also listen to your gut and to your heart. And you can go through a process to do that really, really deeply. And if two of them are saying, like at least two of them are saying, yes, it's like this, this is a good feeling or this sounds good. This makes sense. Then go for it. Try it. Just give it, give it a chance. But if not, if, if you're feeling, okay, this is only my head telling me you should do this. Like it was for me. Okay. It would be the safe decision yeah. to stay there but my gut and my heart didn't want to stay there although I really liked it there but still it was not perfectly aligned with what I wanted and my goals for my life are pretty high especially because of my chronic illness that's super interesting and the second thing I think that people can take you know in my in my podcast a lot of the people that are listening because I, I get you know you cannot really know a lot from the analytics but I get some emails from people and and most of them are people who are going through change of 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 some sort mainly to kind of leave their comfort zone a lot of people with chronic illness but also a lot of people that just want to change their career and change something about their life and I think that some people think that it's a very deterministic kind of life that if you choose to study engineering, you're an engineer for life, but we are not in our parents' generations anymore. And the fact that, look, you, you study education, I studied education, I have also a BED, a Bachelor of Education, but I'm not an acting teacher at the moment, but I got so much out of teaching trainer, like the teaching training and the teacher certificate training 
that I would never get if I would study right now business management management or economics for my bachelor, I think. Not that they're not good for other things, but I think that that everything we do in life, everything we learn, any training is like that you do is good. There is nothing useless. Even if you do a diving course and only once a year use it, there is something about the skill set, the, the, the stamina that you need, the kind of process that you undergo that gives you something for the future. So I take it with me from you that you went through a different path. Yes, it's all about human empowerment, I call it, like education, career development, coaching, but it's very different career because most coaches that I know, they've been business executives or business professionals and then became coaches. But I think that people that comes from human development maybe even better at their job, but maybe just my assumption, we will talk more about it. If you don't mind, I want to kind of take you on your kind of statement that we're both entrepreneurs with chronic chronic illness. And, you know, you're Austrian and, and I, I live in Austria too, but I found that in Austria, unlike Israel or other places that I used to live or, or operate from, people don't like to talk about their chronic illness. So you're probably the first person that I talk to in a professional setting that says, yes, I have a chronic illness. I'm not afraid to talk about it. Do you want to say anything about it? You can keep it, of course, secret. You don't have to say what is a chronic illness, but do you want to talk about it? Do you feel comfortable talking about the chronic illness? Yeah, I totally feel comfortable about it because I went through a like a process myself, like a personal development process. Like it was really, really hard and I went through it and I came out on the other end just so much stronger. And my mission also in coaching is to empower other people. And part of that is to also share my personal story. So I don't believe in being personal in your personal life and being professional in your professional life. Yes, I exactly. can't separate yeah. that. And, and also when I share my insights, my clients open up more because they can trust me because it's not just them telling me things and I'm listening, but also I'm honest with them. So they also know exactly my struggles and obstacles. And I think, think those struggles they make you human and they make you stronger and they inspire other people. It's not the perfect business leadership person who is the hero. The hero is always and the heroine. These are people who went through normal life stuff. And that's why I'm totally comfortable sharing that. Thank you so much. I really like the, the, the hero analogy here because I feel that people are looking at role models in a very grandiosic way, like, you know, only movie stars or people who really made it and become like millionaires. Like, I think that like, for instance, Gary Vee, which I really appreciate uh, how he pushed people to action. If he was not a millionaire, like if he, if, if he was just now an influencer that, you know, sharing stuff on social media, for me, I would take the same value than to look at him only as a very successful business person. And some people, they're very very kind of mixing this hero means success success means money and i think it's about value and not about money and this is why i like what you're saying but it's it's very hard to be an entrepreneur with chronic illness right and and chronically ill people do not get a lot of chances to be depicted as heroes so how do you how do you become from somebody with chronic illness that now is a coach to somebody that can empower other chronically ill people Wow, that's a big question. <laughs> it was a step-by-step step and baby-step-by-baby-step baby step process, I guess. And for all the entrepreneurs out there, I just want to say, if you are sending a message 
you will get the corporations and clients who are responding to that message. So if you you get what you are sending. So I only get the clients and the corporations who are who are okay with who I am. Right. And that's also part of the process because if you if you're trying to be somebody else, you you will get people in your life and you will get like you will experience things which are not aligned with you. And of course, this happens anyway, this happens all the time, but there is like you can take control over that as well. And yeah, so coaching itself, when I look back, I wished I had coaching at that time. Like I I took a coach later on when I didn't know like what way to go. And I thought, hey, why didn't I do that sooner? And when I was, when I started to get ill, when I started to get more symptoms and my chronic disease, it's pretty much feminine. Like it's, it's from the thyroid gland and I have a mix of Grace disease and Hashimoto. So it was both antibodies and my body was so confused and my mind was so confused. And looking back, it would be, it would have been so helpful to have somebody by my side to, to support me through that process. And it can be a coach. It can be a mentor. It can be, maybe you're lucky and you have, you have like a, a good friend or family members, but the support is so important. And yeah, I mean, I came out on the other side as somebody stronger and knowing, Hey, these are my values. These are my needs and I can't afford to go over a certain like border because my body would react immediately. So I see it as a superpower that I immediately recognize when something is not working out. So I can go for a few weeks or months with something which is not good for me, maybe because I have to. I mean, we all have to have income, right? But that's it. If I do that longer than that, then it will have negative effects on me. So this is why I know how important it is. And this is why I want to support others in value their own needs and goals and wishes. Thank you. I, I really think that what you said here, it's really touching me because I also see it as a superpower. You know, with my illness, I have POT syndrome and my listeners know it already. But with POT syndrome, in a lot of cases, because the regulation of the sympathetic nervous system is so crazy, dysregulated, um, you cannot really get upset and angry. So I have a superpower that I cannot be in a stressful environment, which is strange. You know, I used to be a paramedic. I used to be, you know, I was in the army. I was in very stressful situations in my life. But now it's not about this kind of stress. I'm sure that if like there is an accident and somebody is injured, like it happened to me in the recent years that I had to respond and help. I, of course, I will know what to do and I will react. And maybe I'm not very strong because of my disability, but I, it's not about this kind of stress. It's about the daily stress. And I think that this superpower that chronically ill patients have better thresholds that they don't need to get burned out like other people maybe, right? And instead of looking at your life with chronic illness as a disadvantage, you can actually look at it as adventures with, first of all, the, the option to choose. Because like you said, you can choose who to work with. You don't have to work nine to five. With the post-corona world, you can work online. You can study online. You can choose how you work, but you do need support. Even though you have this superpower, you need support. And I wanted to ask you this, what kind of coach 
does a, a person with chronic illness need? Because I know about health coaches and I know they're doing a great job. I'm all for health promotion. You know, I have education in this field. And I really think that health coaches should be incorporated already in schools to, to empower people to live healthier life. But is this what you mean? Like, is that exactly the type of coaching? Because this is not what you're doing, right? <laughs> like I'm a mindset and business coach and business because that's what you do in Austria. It's also about bureaucracy and yeah. mindset because I truly believe that if we can, if we can influence our mind and our thoughts, we can influence how we feel and we can influence our action steps and our actions determine what's coming out on the other end. And of course, there are coaches now out there for everything, for health, for work, for leadership, for families, for relationships, for everything. At the end of the day, you have to get to know that person um, and you have to trust that person. And there are different approaches out there. And you can just uh, you can just listen to somebody you trust who tells you, hey, this is a this is a really good coach. Or you can normally coaches have a free first talk, a free first discovery or clarity talk so you can you can make an appointment and just see if it works what what i think but it's just my personal opinion like what i think people with chronic illnesses need is somebody to address the overwhelm for example because at the beginning you know when you when you have a chronic illness and especially at the beginning there is a lot of stuff happening like lots of stuff and it's not all fun, right? I mean, there is, sometimes it takes years to discover the causes for symptoms. So what's coming up in an uncertain situation is, of course, uncertainty. And with that comes that you feel un unstable, fearful, confused, sometimes alone. So you need somebody who addresses all of that. You need somebody who addresses the overwhelm, the loss of control, the feeling alone, also the identity crisis. Because I remember when, when it was so bad that I was sick every two weeks for some months, I remember the thoughts, wow, does this change my identity? Do I have to be a new person now? What's with all my like passions, like traveling? How do I tell my friends I cannot make plans anymore for the weekends? Do they love me? Do they still love me? What and when do I communicate what's going on to people I date or to my work? And what's about my dreams and goals? So there's so many things going on. And to have support in that areas, that's so, so powerful. And I especially remember when some doctors or some loved ones told me, Lisa, it's okay to say that you are not well and never give up. Like those two sentences gave me so much power. And imagine you're meeting someone every week <laughs> going through that things. Right. It's, yeah. it's, it's so strong. You know, it's so resonating with me because First of all, um, some of some of my listeners, I, I'm not good with self marketing. I'm good. I'm good with a lot of things, but I'm I'm very modest, so I'm not always pumping up what I'm doing. But you know, I've started a social startup called the, the Patient School, and this is exactly what we do. We are developing a patient empowerment platform that has been in development for the last year, and this is exactly what we're talking about: the the, the sense of purpose, the guidance, the the dealing with the, the grief of what is like to be with this new identity with the uncertainty so this is something that we 
we work very hard on, on, on one direction. On the other direction, you know, most of my book is talking about it. And my book, Revolution from My Bed, is talking about this crisis of a young man going through this identity crisis of, of becoming ill and the uncertainty around the, the misdiagnosis or the lack of diagnosis. I'm really resonating with what you're saying because Recently, I'm doing my master's degree in health management and policy here in Austria. And I do it not because I need a master's degree per se, because we can talk about education maybe in another episode, because it's super interesting to do, because you're an expert of career development and people think they need to go through a certain path. But I only do this degree because I'm trying to fix healthcare. I just want to know as much as I can about it. And of course, that you can read and learn by yourself. But sometimes, academy, I have a lot of criticism on, but the curation, sometimes it's really good that somebody is telling you, this is the trends, these are the trends that's happening right now, and so on. And what I found out recently from several of my professors is there a new field in, in management science that is called self-management. And it's a lot have to do with what we're talking about. It wasn't developed for that person, purpose. It was developed for better management skills for CEOs. But I've noticing that if patients with chronic illness can better do self-management and have support like like with people like you like mindset coaches and have resources and take care of their mindfulness and the physical maintenance i think that the outcome may be much better for those patients in their daily life because i, I certainly believe today even though i have medical background i still believe that the mindset that you have as a chronically ill patient really determines how your life is going to look like and this is hard to say to some doctors because they say, hey, if you take this medication, these are the studies, and if not, not. But I've just realized, you know, on paper, I'm 100% disabled. Like the, the legal statement from the state of Israel is that I cannot work a day in my life. I, I'm totally disabled. And it's there for a reason because I have entire weeks that I'm just in bed and I cannot do anything. You know, you know how it is. But on the other hand, I have peers, I have friends with POT syndrome who has 20% legal disability. Mm -hmm. They are in bed and I'm the one traveling the world now to speak about my book. And mm -hmm. what is the difference between us? Like I'm more sick, they're more sick. What is the difference? I, I try to go in and say, is it hormonal? Is it because some of them are females and I'm a male and the hormonal system and the immune system? And then I realize, no, what I'm seeing, not empirically, but what I'm seeing with my eyes is that I have better self-management and better mindset management. Do you have any comment about that? Like, how can you work with a patient with chronic illness that now has this sense of, of purpose that is completely damaged? How can you help them build a better mindset? Mm -hmm. There are a few parts of it, of course. So first of all, it's the awareness where you are at right now. And like what what was before like how did you become stuck how did this all happen and yeah, then yeah. where do you want to move how to move forward and working on mindset actually means to work on your thought processes on your self-talk on your habits that's also what self-management is about like how do you start your day how do you end your day what are the persons who are around you and what are your goals what are your values so there are many layers you're working at on you're working on. And for example, when I'm in a session with a client, the first or second time, I so often have to say, hey, did you realize that you said like 20 times, I'm not able to do that. I'm not right. able to do that. Of course. I'm not good enough. 
or also troubles of saying no troubles of saying what you want if i ask people what do you want they normally tell me what they don't want exactly so it's in it, our brain is like a muscle and we can train it and like going to the gym it's it's a process you don't go in there once for like a day but you go in there several times for some amount of time and over a month you will see improvement and over two months you see even more improvement and that's how it works with coaching as well so you you're talking about habit creations for for people with chronic illness and for people in general because i think personally i really like psychotherapy i think that psychotherapy should be accessible as going to a, to a gp really i think that every person in the world should have a You know, like your head hurts, you're going to your, your family doctor, you can go to a psychotherapist. I think it should be part of the education system. But what I love about coaching is the practicality of it. And the habit formation part is, is quite amazing to me because, you know, in order for me, I, I could not walk and talk, right? So I had to teach myself at the age of 27 towards 28 to do it. And the way I did it was to create a habit of, of rehabilitating and going on a walk every day, which was very hard. And people sometimes don't understand that if something is hard and you stop doing it, it will never happen, that you have to really take a baby step and, and build it. And I think that coaching is a beautiful way and a practical way to deal with more daily life struggles. I'm not now talking about benefit or disbenefit of, or, or comparing coaching to psychotherapy. I'm just saying that coaching in general, especially mindset coaching, can really help you set habits that will empower, men, empower you throughout your life and not only now, this moment. And I can give you an example of most people that are, are around me and I ask them and they tell me, oh, I cannot change my life in any way. I'm so lazy, blah, blah, blah. And I tell them, are you flossing your teeth? And most people, you'll be surprised, the most beautiful and clean people that you know, most of them do not floss their teeth. It's just not in our habit. But on the other hand, this strange movement we do with our toothbrush It's like a conditioning that we have in our head. Nobody is like, like will in, in a sane mind will go out to the street without brushing his teeth. And I think flossing is the same. And flossing is a very good example. What can you achieve in around 10 days of, of really putting it in your life? And then you will not do your life without it. And your dentist will love you and your teeth, kind of your dental hygiene will love you forever. But I think that this mental floss, like this statement they have in the state, this, this phrase, I think it's the same. And for me, it was learning how to walk and then later putting stuff in my life that were very hard for me. For instance, daily walks that I do right now, five times a week. Yoga that I do two times a week. Mindfulness session like meditation that I do every day for a few minutes. So I think that chronically ill patients can definitely benefit from having coaching. But, and this is a hard question, Lisa, right now, it's not like I can go online and get a free coach. How can we make coaching more accessible for people with chronic illness do you mm -hmm. have any any thought about that well first of all i have to disagree to some point because Please, I like example, yes because for example i offer coaching sometimes through the year for free because i just want to give back so at least some sessions i can offer for free and i know that many of my coaches in the coaching bodies in the uk do it as well so at least something is out there for free but i think it's also about knowledge like what's out there and what's not out there and how do i get it and how do i know who i can trust and like psychotherapy it's like it takes some time to society to to get to know it 
And I would like, I would love it and I would support it. I find it extremely helpful if there would be some funding from the state or social securities as well for some part. Until that, I mean, most companies have some kind of educational budget as well, which you can use for coaching. So that would be an option. Yeah, but I would love it if it would be more accessible. Totally. Because a long time it was just coaching was just for, was just for leadership. It was just leadership coaching and for executives. But right now, as I said before, it's like booming and the demand for coaching is really booming also in companies and there are coaches for so many different areas. So I hope that this development, it becomes more like something for like everybody. I want everybody to have a life coach. Like you go to to like the gym or to the hairdresser because we are getting older we are experiencing so much stuff and it's hard to go through it by yourself just by yourself and these are skills you learn once like in a coaching process and then you can keep them they are yours and you can use them for all the other areas of your life as well so it's not that you go there and then you have to go there all the time But you go there, it's a process. And at the other end, there is a result. And you can use those skills for your relationships, for your work, for your goals, for everything, actually. Well, like, that's that's really mm -hmm. true. And I'm happy that you disagreed with me because, yes, I know, of course, that there are some coaches that, that offer pro bono services, especially for chronically impatient. But, you know, as a startup founder myself, I'm, I'm talking about scale and, and approachability and It's a problem for me to come and say to my listeners, hey, just look online for a coach and write them an email. I have a chronic illness. Would you would you train me for free? Actually, it's not a bad idea, but maybe because we have a lot of future entrepreneurs that are listening here, at least a few hundreds of them. And first of all, we have something as an opportunity here. We have a, a, an unmet need of a platform for coaching for chronically ill patient, maybe every coach can give one free session or so, and then we can choose. I think that it's not approachable enough. This is the reason I started the patient school. And But the, on the other hand, I think that the patient school, as, as, as big as we're going to be, we are not a replacement for this one-to-one -one, uh, accompanying and mentorship. And I really think that chronically ill patients should really benefit from people like you, Lisa. So maybe, I don't know, maybe because uh, we're uh, doing this interview today, maybe you can offer one of our chronically ill patients like a one pro bono uh, a session. Oh, I loved it that year. Yeah, let's do it. So ladies and gentlemen out there, contact Roy for my contacts or you find me on Instagram or social media and we can we can talk about it totally i would love that and you know i offer one on one coachings but i also started a group coaching program and the group coaching programs it's group coaching it's not one on one but it's normally more affordable for example but what i also realized it you can offer things and also coaching for a really low price as well like for, you can offer like two months group coaching for 200 euros And people will still say they can't afford it because I can't afford it means I don't value it enough I agree. or I'm not ready to change I agree. or I fear there are obstacles, there are inner blocks. So the money, money objections are normally value objections because we buy things all the time, which we can't afford. Right. And we spend our time all the time with things We don't have time for actually so it's a decision everybody out there 
It's your decision. Nobody will come to save you. You have to do it yourself. You have to get the support. You, you have to take action because time, it's, it's the most valuable resource we have. It's just the one thing you can't get back. You can't. You can get money back. You can get clothes back. You can get your phones back, but you never will get back your time. And we only have one life and we, we can't waste it. Um, I'm, I'm really touched by what you're saying because, you know, when I was a kid and the ants was were pinch my cheek and say, I wish you only health. And I say, I don't need health. Buy me toys. Give me money. Now I realize that time and health are, are the most important thing, really. And health you can get back if you work really hard. Time you can never get back. I totally agree. I will, of course, link your website in, in the podcast link and in the rest of my social media when we're going to, when my team is going to post about it. I think, Lisa, that even in our patient school, when we tried, you know, with groups of patients, even to have a 60 euros per month subscription, patients still didn't want it. And what I realized is that it's completely in the mindset because some people want to get better and some people do not want to get better. And there are patients, which I call the blamers, that everybody else in the world is, is to blame for their illness. And no matter what you do, they're not ready yet to do a change, to make, to make any change. There are the other complete opposite polarized group like me and e-patients and power patients. They will go and start a patient organization. But the middle group are the people who really want to get better and they don't have the curation of the knowledge right now how to do it. And I think those groups that we tend to are the group that are kind of ready. Everybody can be ready, but you need to have some sort of process. I always say, and in my book, I repeated a few times that you have to be sick of your sickness. You have to hit rock bottom and say, that's it. I'm, I'm ready and willing to take the effort. So it doesn't matter if it's 50 euros a month or 100 euros a month. Of course, that if somebody has a tremendous economical problem, I'm sure that you as a coach, me as a person who works with people too, will find a way to help them, but it's about the willingness. And I think that what Lisa is doing with group sessions is also very empowering because cohorts of different people together are really supporting each other. So I'm going to take you up on your offer, but also I'm calling other mindset and other coaches here that listening, if you want to offer for somebody that is lying in bed with chronic illness, a free pro bono session, please contact me. I would love to, to, to put you up there. And I have, I think, a final question for you, Lisa, before I let mm. you ask me maybe a question, because I always let my interviewees ask me a question okay. too. I want to ask you, it's a jungle out there. With psychotherapy, at least within the framework of the state or country that you operate, you have a registry, you have a regulation. Like you can know if somebody is a, not a real psychotherapist, but somebody who is doing alternative kind of training, he, has, he or she has to register it. With coaching, it's a jungle. So if I have a chronic illness, I'm more sensitive, I'm more vulnerable. How can I choose a coach that I know I can trust with my kind of vulnerable like you always do it in every area of your life life you're looking for recommendations you're looking at the person you are checking out what they are doing if they are transparent if if the authority is like valid right yeah. and for example i'm on social media so people who are interested in working with me they know exactly what i do because they see all the videos out there they know exactly what i can do and what i can't do as well if you if you're not sure if you have a bad feeling about somebody just check them out 
and see if you trust them or not. It's the same with like in the medical field or if you want to build a house, right? You have to check them out. And that's what I advise you to do, to, to choose somebody you trust. And to build that trust, you have to have something first. And that's different for everybody. For somebody, it might be a Google recommendation with five stars. For somebody else, it would be a recommendation of a friend. For a third person, it would be the mention featuring in certain magazines like Business Insider or Forbes. It depends what you, on what you need. Thank you. I think it's it's very important to say it because there are a lot of charlatans out there. And, and because it's not very regulated in Europe, by the way, p- people that are not from Europe and listening, most countries have regulations regarding coaching. This is why Lisa is first stating that she's a business coach and then a mindset coach, because here it has to be mentioned. It's regulated in Austria. Also in Germany, there are master degrees, right, to teach you this. Yeah, in Austria, it's really strictly regulated. And in Austria, it's easy to check out somebody because you can just go on the WKO, like the website Mm -hmm. for businesses, and check the A to Z registrations. And then there you will find the names and if the people are really registered. International-wise, you can do that as well. But of course, you need to speak the other language and you have to know where to look. But there are possibilities to check out that person for sure. And I think that for me, the main differentiation here will be everybody with chronic illness needs psychotherapy too. And I think that I would not replace coaching with psychotherapy in general because some patients feel more comfortable with the coach, I hear, or it's cheaper sometimes or more accessible. I think a responsible coach will also direct you to a psychotherapist if needed. If a coach will recognize that there is some a severe problem that it needs attention, he or she will do it. And I think that coaching is something that can be looked at in my eyes as a weekly mentorship session that you cannot wait you know you 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 you're just impatient to get to because for me coaching is something so empowering that when i have coaching sessions I'm just like, oh my God, I can't even wait one one more hours because this is my place to shine. So I'm saying to you patients, try it out. Really try it out. It's not a replacement for psychotherapy. It's It's not a medical treatment. It is an empowerment training to help you live your life better. And I really think you should try it out. My listeners here that have the link to Lisa's website, check her out. She's doing a lot of cool things on social media. She's giving a lot of free advice there and schedule a call with her. I can vouch as a colleague that she's doing amazing stuff for people. In our organization, we had hundreds of, of researchers that used her services as a, as a mentor, as a career development mentor. And she was very successful in what she's doing. So I can definitely vouch for Lisa. And now I think- Thank you, Roy. Of course. You're too um, kind. I never give a false recommendation. I only recommend people that I personally know. I'm sorry that my chair did this strange noise for for the listeners there. Lisa, do you want to ask me anything before we are ending this really nice interview? Yes, totally. So you know about entrepreneurial burnout, right? Oh, yeah. Just experienced one two months ago. Almost. Yeah. So what could you tell our listeners, your listeners, entrepreneurs, what is most important to prevent entrepreneurial burnout? I think that specifically, I'll I'll divide my answer to chronically ill patients and and, uh, almost healthy people because nobody's really healthy in the way we're living our life right now, I think. I think that for chronically ill patients, we tend to take too much on our plates. 
because we want to prove something. We've been through so much trouble. Now we feel a bit better. We're going to our entrepreneurial journey. We want to prove something. For regular, non-chronically impatient entrepreneurs, which are not a lot because one in three people in Europe and one in two in, in America will have chronic illness throughout their life. But assuming you're not with a chronic illness right now, um, entrepreneurs are suffering from imposter syndrome and are suffering from this uh, business ableism. In general, ableism is a huge problem in our world for chronic ill, uh, uh, chronically ill uh, um, empowerment. And I think that we tend to think that if we do more, we achieve more. And I don't think it's right. I, I must tell you, Lisa, you know, we live in the most livable city in the world for 12 years or 13 years by the UN, you know, choice in Vienna. I must tell you, I have a very good life. I don't work as hard as maybe people think I am in terms of my success. Because as we mentioned before, I have a chronic illness. I have to maintain it. I have to go to a lot of medical treatment. I have to do rehabilitation. I have to really, I have to do a lot to maintain healthy because otherwise in a few weeks I'm back to bed and I cannot walk anymore. So in order for me not to burn out, there is a one hour a day that used to be the rehabilitation hour when I rehabilitated. Now it's the maintenance hour. Mm-hmm. And this hour, is a, it, it's only, no matter what happened, I have to do this hour and I have to go out for a walk. And if I, if it's super snowing, I also do it. But some days, instead of doing that, I can do a one hour of yoga. But it's something that it's mindful, something that it's physical, like listening to a podcast or a book or, or music and going out to see the sunset or doing a, a wonderful yoga session in the park. This is something that I, I will never give up because without that, I'm burning out. And what happened to me three months ago, this almost two and a half months ago, is that I helped a colleague here in Vienna that had some problem in the organization. And I came in as an advisor and from something that was supposed to combine life and work, it became a monster. And with all my other activities and my charities and and writing the book and launching it, I just felt that burnout is coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then I did prevent preventive measures. I did coaching with with a, with a coach I worked with for for many years in Israel, a colleague, and I did a psychotherapy kind of advice. I, I just we have in the university psychotherapy. I just called center and I say I need a call with you which is not a shame. If you're a student in any university in the world, we'll have free emotional support for you. So know it and use it. And also I kind of took two days to myself and realized how to recalibrate. So the way to prevent it, to summarize, is to realize the early signs and never to take too much on your plate. I can tell you, I it's my sixth startup right now. Everything you see, it's an inflated bottle of, I don't want to say BS, but this chasing of investors, and it's so cool to be an entrepreneur. Entrepreneurial, is, it's not cool at all. Being a startup founder, it's not cool. It's the hardest job you ever do in your life. So don't do it because it's cool. Do it because it's the only way you think you can change the world in this vertical, in this thing. And when you do it, have solid partnership with people who support each other, have strong support system and know your limits. I think this would summarize it for, for me. Oh, I love that. Thank you so much for, for telling us. And I love the maintenance hour. I noted, like I wrote it down because I really love that expression, the maintenance hour. I will tell my clients about it that I no, heard from do. Roy that he's doing his maintenance hour and it's working for him. Love that. Thank you. In my book, it's still registered as rehabilitation hours because my book is talking about really the height of the sickness. When you're really sick, the second book 
that I'm writing right now is going to talk more about the sources of illness and how to really flourish, like how to really find yourself again and really maintain your life. I really think, Lisa, that it's it's all about maintenance in life in general. It's 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 really is because we we are usually unless you have something genetic and genital, you're born in a um, very functional state. You know, it's not like a car comes from the factory; it's functioning. And and if you're not maintaining the car, if you're not maintaining, you know, doing the yearly treatment, if you don't change oil, if you're not keep it uh, shiny, it's going to be broken. And it's I know it's a terrible analogy, but I've noticed it with with my life. For me, again, I have a superpower. If one week I'm not going on a walk, I already start to faint again and have pre syncope. But if I'm doing walk, if I'm going to the gym, I do EMS because it's easier for chronically patient. EMS is like. There is a suit with electrodes that you don't have to work so hard. But no matter which sport you're doing, maintenance, maintenance, maintenance. Do you have any other question for me before we wrap up these amazing hours together? I I have so many other questions, but <laughs> I will ask you when you come on my podcast, which I will start in autumn. So I I, because wait. I'm sure you will add so much value to their lives, and I'm I, like I'm, I made my notes. <laughs> On my little paper there, and I will ask you so many questions. I can't wait. You know, I always tell also my listeners, sometimes people email me and say, oh, Mr. Roy, I'm so sorry to bother you, but I have a question. Guys, like, this is why my email is out there. Ask me. I'm not Elon Musk. And even if I were, maybe the time management would be a problem. But I'm here to help people. That's why I exist. That's why I've been through 10 years of, of, of nightmare and hell of a, of a heal, illness journey. I think that you can always seek for help always seek for answers and always help other people in their journey and i always tell my listeners they should have their own podcast as a healing process so i'll be honored to be one of your first guests lisa gloom she's a wonderful mindset and business coach she's a career developer and she's also an awesome human being that i know personally because we used to work together in the same office i really recommend you to check out her social media and her services and to take some notes from what you heard today because I think it's like a gold mine of advice from maybe 20 years of combined experience here. And I let Lisa summarize the, the episode for us because I always like to give my guests kind of the opportunity to do it. Well, 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 okay. So we were talking about coaching and how it can help people with chronic illnesses. And as I have my own chronic disease and Roy as well, we know that it can be your superpower. The question is, are you ready to change your life? Are you ready to move forward? If you are, all the skills, all the tools are out there. Just take action and you can live a very, very happy and fulfilled life. Oh, I wish I had you as a friend in uni. Uh, you really can uh, summarize <laughs> things very well, Lisa. Thank you so much for this summary. Thank uh, you, Roy. Thanks so much. It's been a pleasure and I can't wait to be on your podcast. Uh, check out Lisa's website. Check out my new book, Revolution from My Bed. It's out everywhere in Amazon, in Barnes and Noble, um, uh, in Australia, even in some networks, in Talia, in the German-speaking countries. Just uh, Google Revolution from My Bed. You'll find it. I think this book can really help you. It's talking exactly about what, what me and Lisa were talking about. And I cannot, you know, talk about my own amazing book that I wrote, but I really think it can help. Like, I wish I had a book like this. And also, Lisa, I wish that I had a coach like you to support me when I was chronically healed. So seek for, for, for a coach that will support you. And I'll see you on the next episode. See you soon. Bye. Bye-bye.